I want you to turn to the book of Galatians this morning if you're turning Galatians chapter 2, if you're taking notes or if you're on your electronic Bibles, Galatians chapter 2. Verse 20. The last time that uh, I spoke to you, uh, we spent a couple of weeks talking about baptisms, and, and I want to, to just tag off of that a little bit uh, because I, I, there's some things there that I want to uh, finish, the point of those baptisms, just some things I want to discuss that we could do independently and uh, but yet uh, it's tied so well to those passages. So if you were uh, uh, part of the teaching on October 7th, uh, we talked about uh, the various baptisms, baptism in water, baptism in the spirit, baptism into the, into the body of believers, and baptism into Christ, and touched on those things. Uh, so if you want to go back and pick that up, it's on the October 7th uh, podcast, and uh, it'd be a blessing to you to refresh yourself there. But uh, the point of baptism is the picture of being buried with Christ. We'll get into that a little bit in a minute. Buried with Christ in baptism and raised in new life is what the scripture tells us. But I want to take you to Galatians where he refers back to this concept and he says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. So it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this this idea of it it is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. And I I just want to challenge you a little bit from the word of God this morning uh, along these lines. Romans chapter 6, we're going to do a little bit of digging around in there and, uh, and kind of unpack some of what he said Uh, about this subject in Romans chapter 6. Let's begin with uh, uh, verse 1 of Romans chapter 6, and we'll read, and and, and I'm going to pick some things out of there for you that I feel like the Holy Spirit would have me share with you. First of all, he says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Do I continue in a lifestyle of sin? Do I continue in in uh, uh, a lifestyle of disobedience to the principles of the kingdom of God uh, so that God's grace can continually be poured out on me? He said, no, 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 don't don't do that. Don't continue in sinful acts, sinful lifestyles, sinful behaviors just so that the grace of God can be applied to you in a fresh way. He says, that's foolishness. So he says, God forbid, how shall we, this is the question that he asked, listen to this question, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Do you not know that as many as, uh, of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? 
You and I, when we came to Jesus, we were baptized into his death. This all sounds very philosophical, doesn't it? We're going we're gonna to apply it in practical understanding in just a minute. We were baptized into his death. Therefore, here's the picture. We are buried with him by baptism into death, that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. So he died, I died. He rose, I rose. That's, that's the way that the scriptures is trying to help us to think. He died, I died. He rose, I rose. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, uh, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Now there's the key that I want you uh, to tie back to what we read in Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. So we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, and uh, we are raised in the likeness of his resurrection. He is eternal. We are seated together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. When he was seated at the right hand of the Father, we are seated there with him. We are living, we are living a resurrected life. You say, well, pastor, there's so many things going on in my life that, that don't reflect blessing. There's so many things going on in my life that don't reflect healing. There's so many things in my life that, that just don't reflect the, the, the good things of the kingdom of God. The apostle is challenging us to come to the understanding it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. So the, so the, the call of Scripture this morning is that, that he would come and that he would live through us and that we would no longer live out of the dictates of our own life. I really would, uh, would challenge you this morning and, and challenge you as you're sitting under the sound of my voice, there are some in here that you're in those years yet that you are making decisions and choices about your life. You're making vocational choices about your life. You're making relational choices about your life. You're making uh, uh, choices about how life is supposed to look for you. And I want to challenge you that there is a place in the presence of the Lord to sit down and say, Lord, these are the things that I would like to see happen in my life, but it is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Would you come and write upon the tables of my heart and would you come and look at the, the plans that, that maybe I've thought about and that I've laid out and the idea that I have about what life should look like and would you take the word of God and would you take the purposes of God and would you take the plans of God and would you just lay them over my plans and let, let your plans shape 
the things that I have in my mind and let your plans erase from the plans that I have, the things that, that are not a part of what you've purposed for me. I believe God is calling a generation of people to sit before the Lord and to say, Lord, I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll, I'll walk where you call me to walk. I'll give of my life where you call me to give of my life. I will lay down my own plans and I will let your life be lived in me. I remember one time I was having a conversation with a young man about whether or not God had purposed him to even be married, that he so committed to the purposes of God in his life that he began to read scripture that, that the Apostle Paul admonished uh, young men, if, if you can endure singleness, then perhaps you should consider that singleness is something that, is God, God, that God has called you to for the sake of the kingdom. And, I, and conversations like that are not easy conversations to have. And I'm absolutely, I've told you all before, I'm absolutely the worst at evangelism because I will take someone and I will say, you should walk with Jesus. He will mess up your plans. How many know that when you, when you give an altar call like that, come to Jesus, he will mess with your mind, he will mess with your life, everything that you planned, he will shake it up, and, and, and the things that you think you want, he, he will uh, address with you. And, you know, the Bible says that God will give you the desires of your heart, and I discovered one day that, that it, he's not going to give, it's not as much that he wants to give me the things that I desire, as much as he wants to give me the desires. He wants to shape my desires. He wants to shape my plans. He wants to shape my priorities. He wants to shape my understanding about what life is supposed to look like. It is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. I remember one time I was having a conversation with a relative of mine, one of my brothers, and I said, why, why don't you pour your heart into the things of the Lord and, and give him everything that, uh, that, that he, he desires of you and allow the gift of God to be released in you. Why don't you, why don't you walk with God passionately 100%? He said, I don't want to be poor. In his mind in those days, I don't know if it's still that way or not, but in his mind in those days, he just felt like that if he walked with God and if he gave God everything, that, 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 that he had no return in that. I don't know what God would call you to do. He might mess up your plans. He certainly messed with some of mine. I believe that God is calling us as a generation of people. And I, and I don't care how old you are. Listen, there, there are some folks that are sitting in this room this morning. And if you were sitting and, and we were having a conversation about your life, uh, you, would, you would say that there were some things you wish you would have done differently. There were some choices that if you, if you yeah, I'm, I'm one of those, if I would have known then what I know now. Oh, I wish the relationship that I have with Jesus today, I wish I'd had that relationship with him when I was in my 20s that the understanding I have of who God is and, and how God sees me and how much He loves me and how much He wants to accomplish His purposes and His plans in me and how much He wants my life to be fruitful. I, all of those things, I wish I'd had that understanding when I was 20 years old, but you know, there's some things you only get from experience. You only come to some places of wisdom by walking with God. By walking with Him through the days of your life. 
So the apostle had this great revelation. He said to the Galatian church, I've been crucified with Christ. The apostle Paul, when, when he was talking about his life and when he was analyzing his life, he'd grown up in the lap of luxury. He'd grown up in, in a, a family of affluence. He'd grown up with the best education and the, and the best credentials. And, and he, was, he was a Roman and a Jew and he just had every, he had every opportunity in front of him in, in their culture. He, he had everything. Uh, it, it seemed that, that nothing went wrong for him. He just had everything. And then the Bible says that when he came to Jesus... He said, I counted that all as loss. I counted that all as nothing. I laid all of that down. I laid down my credentials. I laid down my pedigree. I laid down everything of my past, everything that, that defined who I was. I put it all aside and I said, Lord, I walk with you. He said, I counted that as nothing. You spill out of the scripture today that God is going to form in each, in each one of us as we sit here. I, I don't know what, what it, I wish I knew what it looked like for you. I wish I could tell you the details of your life and, and tell you what God would like to do and what God would like to shape in you and what God would like to accomplish through you and how he would like to flow through you. But, but that's as individual as each one of us are. But he wants to frame some thinking in us. That he wants to frame in us this passion. It's no longer I that lives. Lord, don't, don't let me live. You live through me. I'm dead. I just ask that the Holy Spirit would just affect your thinking right now with the word of God as we sit here in the presence of the Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be able to whisper in you and that you would be able to come to the place in your, in your time of quietness before him to say, these are the things that I have, that, that, that have driven me and, and that have even created, there's places where things you'd hope to accomplish, I'm prophesying to some of you now, there's places where some of you, there's places in your life where there's things that you'd hope to see happen and things that you'd hope to accomplish that didn't quite unfold the way that you'd hope and they created environments of disappointment in you and God wants to set you free from that disappointment and he wants you to be able to lay those things down and he wants you to be able to say Lord uh, uh, those were the places where I wanted to live I wanted to get, be given expression I wanted to be able to say what was going to happen I wanted to be able to shape those things you need to lay those things down and say Lord live through me I just feel the Holy Spirit speaking and that can, that can for some of you that can even be ministry assignments Disappointment that things didn't work out quite the way you thought they would or should. It can be disappointments related to vocational aspirations that, that it would seem that opportunities that should have been in front of you never, never arose and those seasons passed. Lord, wait a minute. I've been, I've been trying to shape my life I've been trying to coordinate the direction that I would go. 
I submit all that to you. I'm going to lay that disappointment down. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Lord, I want to give the life of Christ expression in me. Sometimes that looks much more simple than, than we make it. We make things much more difficult than they have to be. Listen to what he said in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, I want to tell you something. Uh, in, in, if a person were preaching from that passage of Scripture, he would probably preach to you about the lust of the flesh, and he'd probably preach to you about the, the lust of the eyes, and he'd probably preach to you about the pride of life, and he'd probably preach to you about sinful behaviors and, and patterns of sin and all that, 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 that certainly that, that is appropriate when we think about loving the world. But, but uh, today I just want to challenge you that what the Holy Spirit is saying to you when he says, do not love the world nor the things in the world, he's saying, would you love the kingdom? Would you fix your eyes on eternal, uh, on, on eternal priorities? Would you fix your eyes on, on me? Would you, would you tune your ear to hear my voice? And would you let me begin to talk to you about some of the possibilities of what life would look like if, if, I were, if you were able to give me complete access and I was able to flow through you? And I was able to be given expression through your life You might be one of those guys who God would say, I want you to come out of the corporate world and I want you to plant a church. And you might be one of those guys who's saying, Lord, I don't want to plant a church. <laughs> Sound like a story we're familiar with. Lord, I, 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 I don't want to, dude. I, I imagine sometimes I think about, uh, um, was it Mother Teresa when when she was serving in India in, in those places of great poverty, how that if the Lord had said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set everything aside. I want you to go and I want you to, I want you to just minister my love among the sick and the infirmed. I want you to just dwell in those environments. How long, Lord? I don't know. how. I, I'm not telling you how long. Will you say yes? God might call you to do something that in your mind today, it would seem very difficult. God might have his hand on you for a future that doesn't look anything like the future you've drawn out in your mind. He might be calling you to an assignment that right now, if he were to lay that assignment in front of you, that you would not have the, the grace or the strength or the understanding to say yes to that assignment. But if you as an individual can come to the place in God that you can grow in maturity toward him, that you can say, Lord, anything that you would ask me to do, I'll do it. 
knowing that when the times come and the seasons are difficult, that the grace is there for the season at hand. The Bible speaks in the Old Testament, oh, oh Lord Jesus, I ask the Holy Spirit to help, help that this conversation, one-sided conversation, by the way, that we're having this morning would not be a heavy conversation, but a hopeful conversation. But it occurs to me in the book, when I read the Bible, that in the book of Revelation, there's this whole conversation about saints who were martyred for the sake of the gospel. And the reality of it is that there are folks who that is, that is the direction of their life and that's, that will be the outcome. That, they, that wherever they're serving or whatever they're doing, that they actually give their life for the sake of the gospel. Well, do you know what? I don't need the grace of a martyr because I'm not one. But if I become a martyr, if that, were the, if that were the course of my life, the day that it's time to face that, the grace to face that would be there. So you don't need the grace of God for what is ahead of you six weeks from now. You don't need that grace today. You need to be walking with God between now and then so that the grace of God is built into your life over the process of time so that when you stand on the threshold of what may be a difficult assignment, the grace is there for that assignment. That's why Jesus said to, to folks, he goes, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't, don't worry about what's, what's six weeks down the road or eight weeks down the road or 12 weeks down the road. Y'all are watching CNN and you're, you're just twisting your hands because the false prophets are prophesying the doom that's coming upon us. And you're like, what's, what's going to happen to us? Well, let me help you with something. We're going to be walking with Jesus and the, and the grace to walk through whatever is coming upon us is going to be there the day that the sun rises on that season. Is that not a message of hope? The grace of God, the strength of God is with you and upon you that whatever is ahead of you, He's there with you. He's not leaving you. So I don't know. What if, but, but what if God... What if the thing that the Lord is asking, the things that the Lord asks you to do throughout the course of your life, some of you uh, that are in here that are college-age students who are sitting in front of me today, what if the, the call of God that is on your life is not for some hard, arduous assignment? Grace will be on you for that one. The strength of God is preparing you today for what tomorrow holds. God is writing in our hearts, and I believe that I'm speaking to a generation this morning, God is writing in our hearts, it is no longer I that lives. Here's my plan, here's my design, here's my thoughts, here's my hopes, here's my dreams. Now, Holy Spirit, I submit them all to you. I just need that to hang on the air for a minute. Holy Spirit, I submit my way to you. I want, to, I want you to hear something. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The apostle here was dealing with, with some sinful behaviors in the life of Believers, and he was very bold in, in the way that he addressed the Corinthian church in chapter 6, 
he, he says to them, they're, they're talking about issues of right and wrong. I'm not changing the subject. Stay with me. They're talking about issues of right and wrong and things that are lawful and things that are not and things that God is pleased with and things that God is not pleased with and, and, and all of this. And the apostle says this wonderful thing. He said, it's all lawful for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. He says, it's all lawful for me. All things are lawful for me. There's, there's nothing against the rules for me. But all things are not helpful, not expedient. You know what he was saying to them? Let's put aside the discussion of is this right or is this wrong, and let's pick up the discussion of is this helpful. And I believe there are some things in our lives that, that we get caught up with the discussion of whether they're right or wrong, when the real question is, is it helpful? Is this strength to me? So whenever we are planning our way and we're asking the Lord to live his life through us, we're, we're looking at things and we're going, I want this or I want that. And the question is, are we empowered by it or are we overpowered by it? The apostle said, in this passage of scripture in verse 12 he said all things are lawful for me but I, I he said all things are lawful but not all things are helpful all things are lawful for me but I will not be brought under the power of any and most of the things that the Lord is trying to shift in our thinking are things that overpower us instead of empower us whether that's behaviors or goals things we'd like to achieve that become overpowering to us, that become all-consuming to us, instead of us being consumed by the purposes of God. So he said, let's stop the, let's just end the discussion of is it right or is it wrong? And let's just decide is it helpful? Is it empowering me or is it overpowering me? Are the things that I want to achieve, the goals that I have, the, the purposes and the plans that I'm laying out for me, are, are they consuming me or are they empowering me for the purposes of God? Romans chapter 8. Addresses the same concept. Same principles in verse 13 when he said, if we live according to the flesh, if we live according to the dictates, the desires of our flesh will die. You being ruled by you will kill you. I figured that out for my life. Me being ruled by me will destroy me. But he said, for his, he said, but if you through the Spirit 
put to death the, the deeds or the desires of the body, if you allow the Spirit of God to whisper life to you and, and put to death the desires, the deeds, the plans, the purposes of the body, of the flesh, of your own thinking, if you'll put that stuff down through the Spirit, thank God I didn't have to do that on my own. Listen to what he said. Verse 14 of Romans 8, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'm prophesying to you this morning that there is a generation of young men and women arising in the earth. There's a generation, and, and I don't think that has anything to do with chronology. Please don't misunderstand me and don't decide, well, I'm, I'm this age, and so what pastor's saying this morning doesn't apply to me. Listen, God is not nearly concerned about the chronology of our age as he is about our availability to him. And I don't think it's all that terribly complicated. I think there's some place, some room for us to have conversations when we talk about God calling us to do something that it's as simple as opening up our home and having a Bible study around the table in our dining room or around the coffee table in our living room and bringing people in that are, that are a little bit discouraged and just saying, Lord, if, if, it, if at all possible, I'll just be a voice of encouragement and point people toward Jesus. That the presence of the Lord would descend in my house. That the purposes and plans of God would unfold among four or five people around my dining room table with their Bibles open. Sometimes we make things so much more big in our minds. God is saying, come and walk with me and let me show myself faithful to you and let me be given, let me be given, let, let the kingdom of God be given expression through your life. And, and, and there's some places that you've just never considered, some possibilities that you've never considered, that, that if, if I'm given expression, if, if, if you can come to the place that you can say, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He goes on in verse 15 and he says, You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again and to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I think the Lord wants to give you some of your inheritance. I don't, I, I don't think he wants to wait until you get over there in the sweet by and by. I think he wants to give, you, give expression to the kingdom of God through your life today. Oh, wait, wait, Pastor, I want to get everything in order. No, 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 come walk with Jesus. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. 
Go back to Romans chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 6 addresses it this way. Our old man is crucified with him. The old man is dead. The old, can we say it this way? The old plan is dead. The old man is dead. The old plan is dead. I always have this to go back to in my own mind and in my own life and my own experience. When Laura and I were engaged to be married, we are sitting in church. I've told you this before, but it just bears repeating right here. Uh, the, we were sitting in church, and uh, a, 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 one of the old-time prophets is bringing the word, and right in the middle of the service, he just points at me and says, you, young man, you. You know, when, when prophets do that, you kind of tremble a little bit. So he points at me, and he calls me out, and he says, listen, the, the Lord says that you have some plans for your life that are not from him. Nothing wrong with them, just things you've worked out, things you've planned. And then there are some other things that are from him that are good, and the Lord's going to sort those things out for you. He said it doesn't have to, and this is the wonderful grace over this word, it doesn't have to be difficult, it's not going to be hard, it's just some of those things, he's just going to pull them up out of your life and they're going to be gone. And then he's going to put some other things in their place. And I said, okay, that's good. And then just so that the Lord would, was helping me to know that I was hearing from the Lord, he says to me, he doesn't know I'm sitting by the woman that I'm engaged to, and he says, It'll ha- that, most of that's going to come after the establishment of your home. He didn't know me. He didn't know, probably didn't know what that meant when he said those words. The Lord would affirm you this morning that if you can come to the place in your heart that you can say, Lord, would you begin in a fresh way to live your life through me? The Lord would say to you that there's some things that you have in your life. There's some plans that you have. There's some ways that you have. There's some things that he would just like to reach in and just pull those things out. Not difficult, not complicated. He just wants to move those things out of the way so that he can put some of his plans in their place. So that he can write some of his purposes over your heart. Are you willing? Can you hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Lord, I'm willing for you to change. Some of my ideas of how things are supposed to look and how things are supposed to go and how circumstances are supposed to unfold. I want to speak to the disappointment of some hearts this morning that, that in those areas where things have, have unfolded in ways that, that you've been disappointed, where things don't look like you thought they would look, I just want to challenge you this morning that, that as you sit before the Lord, He'll just put a soothing, healing, medication, salve, whatever you want, up on that wound, and, and He'll bring that to a place of healing, we don't use that term balm anymore, but that was, that's an Old Testament term. The balm of Gilead. It's just, the, it's just healing salve. It's Neosporin for the soul. Neosporin for the soul. 
that there's places of brokenness that disappointment has produced that came out of, uh, of those seasons of our life when we were not so fully committed to him, that we, were not, that we didn't have the understanding that, that he's trying to live his life through us. We forgot that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And so whenever he removes some things from our path that we really wanted, and he puts some things there that we're confused about, what do you, what, why this? The Lord wants to heal those places this morning. So I believe there are Two things that the Lord would like to accomplish in, this, in the expression of his word this morning. Number one, I believe the Lord would say to some of you, uh, it's time for you to begin to pray in a fresh way. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's time for you to begin to give attention to the plans that you are laying for the future. And then to some others of you, it's time for you to come to terms with the disappointments of your past and say, I'm not going to be held in that place of disappointment any longer. As long as you're held in a place of disappointment, God can't unfold fresh things for you. You're hung up in that place of disappointment. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to two areas this morning. So I want you to stand together. I'm going to have the prayer teams come, and I'm going to have you just respond on those two points. There may be other things that the Lord is dealing with you about as you've heard the word this morning. There may be other things that, that you uh, feel challenged by uh, or that, that you need some direction from the Holy Spirit in. But this morning, I feel like those two key areas that you would say to the Lord, I want to get to the place that I can submit my plans and my purposes and my thoughts and my goals and my hopes and dreams to you. That the Holy Spirit would live through me. Spirit of God, live through me.